Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week on the show, we talk with Gideon's rep from Ontario, John Nathan, on evangelism in the 21st century. Fyodor Dostoevsky once said, if God is dead, anything is permissible. And, uh, and today we are living in a uh, culture that actually conveys and acts and lives like God is dead. And today believers are not bold in sharing their faith with others. Hey everyone, it's Isaac here, your host. Hope all is well with you. Uh, so a lot is happening in our world. There's lots to talk about, lots to think about, and, and not just that, but do as well. Uh, we hope that we at In Doubt can play just a small part in helping you think uh, more critically about the issues of life and faith uh, that inevitably rise in our lives. Um, we hope our conversations lead to you having conversations with family and friends and things like that. And then those conversations actually leading and turning into action and obviously all of it based on the gospel. Uh, this week, as I said, we talk with John Nathan. He's a, uh, a rep. He's actually the facilitator in Ontario for uh, the Gideons in Canada. And I wanted to talk to him uh, about evangelism and what's involved and what it looks like today in our 21st century. And I really enjoyed chatting with John. He's a great guy with an obvious heart for the gospel and sharing the gospel. And you'll, and you'll hear that in our conversation. So here's my conversation with John Nathan. With me today is John Nathan, who is the regional facilitator of Gideon's in Ontario. Thanks for coming on the show today, John. Hey, my pleasure, Isaac. Um, so I know you <laughs> in person. Um, yeah. I think it was t- 2011. Uh, you know, uh, I'm part of. I was part of this group of 10 students at my. Bible College, and we had this awesome, you know, privilege, I guess, at the end of the year to travel along the northern states up to, you know, the Maritimes and then come along through the provinces. And and we stopped uh, at your place because at that time you're pastoring a little four-square church in Burlington, it was. Yes. And uh, we got to stay the night at your house. Like you let, I don't know why you did, John, but you let about 10 college students like crash your tiny apartment. So <laughs> do you remember that time? I'm guessing you Yes, did, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, anyways, we got to meet, I got to meet John there and his wife. And uh, I think at that time, I think she was pregnant or I think she was just pregnant at that time. Yes, she was. Your son. Yeah. So no. now you have a son. Uh, which is awesome. So anyways, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are personally and then, uh, and then what you do as well as the regional facilitator of Gideon's in Ontario. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yes, uh, as you mentioned, uh, um, I'm married. Um, I've been married for 12 years, uh, to my, uh, lovely sweetheart, Donna, and she's has been a, a blessing and a support and a ministry partner. Mm. Um, when you came, uh, my wife was pregnant, and now my son is five years old. Wow. Uh, and I do have a girl as well. Uh, she's only nine months. Oh, awesome. Uh, their both name is Jaren and Jada, and mm. uh, it has been just a blessing, uh, just serving God, serving family, and as well uh, serving in the ministry. Yeah. Um, a little bit about me. I, I have um, seven years uh, in a secular, uh, in a financial district. Mm-hmm. I worked there for seven years with okay. the Royal Bank and prior to entering full-time ministry in 2007. Okay. Uh, and since then, I've been in full-time ministry and uh, in different capacity. Yeah. Uh, but serving. Yeah, that's good. And yeah. so, you know, doing the, you know, being the regional facilitator of Gideon's in Ontario, what what exactly does that look like? In fact, you know what, just just tell us about Gideon's first. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of us 
know Gideon's and literally we all just kind of think back to the little red books, the little red, yeah. <laughs> the little red uh, book. And we also think of hotels with the Gideon's Bible. But, you know, tell us what who they are, what they do, and then what you do as well. Sure. Um, so I usually ask the same question. What do you know beyond hotel Bibles and, <laughs> uh, you know, receiving a, a Bible in grade three? And a lot of right. people say, hey, man, that's that's all I know. Yeah. Well, today uh, we are a ministry that, um, you know, existed for almost 100 years. Mm. Uh, what we do is basically uh, really mobilize uh, our members who, who have a passion for evangelism. Mm. Uh, it, they, you know, we find today people are looking for alternative outlet where they could actually go in and speak of whether it is a, a soup kitchen, uh, whether it is a an event. Uh, people are looking for avenues. And so mm. what Gideon does, we create that platform for our members. Okay. Uh, what we do, is we, we encourage people to share the gospel. We right. believe the good news is what changes hearts. Yeah. And uh, but, but, but how we do it is not only share, but also provide God's word uh, with uh, with the sharing. So people get an opportunity to take God's word with them. And um, after the dialogue, our hope is that when they go home, uh, when they go through that difficult time, uh, there is a Bible. And right. um, that really actually had impacted me. Uh, my personal testimony is that I came to know Jesus Christ in, in, in late teen. I was 18. Yeah. I received a copy of Gideon's Bible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was very foreign to me. Uh, but yet, there was just something in my darkest moment that I took the Bible and I started hmm. reading. Wow. And um, I remember reading it for the first chapter, second chapter, it didn't make any sense to me. I started <laughs> from Matthew. Yeah. Uh, third chapter, I, it didn't make any sense. But something happened as I was reading in the fourth chapter, um, you know, I think it was the following day, uh, something just, a light went on. Hmm. And for the first time, I, 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 the Bible, the Word of God came life to me. Wow. And, uh, and, and it, there was just this pull to keep going back to the Word of God, wow. and uh, and then I just kept reading and I kept reading and I finished the entire New Testament, and um, and then along with the Pauline epistles and uh, and from there on, it's just I had a heart to just go to a church and then you know I gave my life to the Lord. I uh, wow. went to a church and the pastor preached a message of the salvation and uh, asked me to come forward and I went and uh, yeah. I responded to the call of God and um, since then everything was different and yeah. so um so um and then now here i am after almost what like 22 years uh working for the gideons um as the ontario uh representative ontario facilitator uh it's it's been a journey and uh it is an amazing ministry they're doing tons of work uh locally nationally as well internationally wow that's great um you know, go, going back now to just because you kind of gave us a hint at your testimony there, and I want to, I want you to kind of maybe go in a little bit more detail because yeah. I, I just think it's really powerful. Because when you 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 first kind of shared with me uh, a little while ago um, when we we met up at a, a Promise Keepers event, you said that you know someone had given you a, a Gideon's Bible, and uh, you when you were 18 years old, and then you just started reading it. And to me, I, I don't know if it's just the enemy or if it's just. Uh, uh, I don't know, my flesh or whatever, but I think a lot of my peers, we just think that idea of actually just going and giving someone a Bible, telling them that Jesus loves them and then walking away, that doesn't work. Uh, yeah. But obviously you are saying, wait, it worked for me and now God has completely changed your changed your life. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I'm really interested in that moment because I think for a lot of us, we need to break that notion that, you know, that kind of evangelism, you know, doesn't work, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more about it. Sure. Um, I, you know, I do agree with you. I mean, today um, 
we can't, it's not just enough for us to just to declare the gospel. We need to define it and defend it. Right. Uh, so in my situation, um, I, I think it was a bit unique, but um, uh, I, I really believe God's word is like a seed, you know, mm. and, um, you know, the sower sows the seed. Uh, and Jesus refers to that, to the word of God. Um, so uh, when I received that copy, it wasn't like, okay, you know, it was an instant, uh, you know, I needed to, you know, get hold of the Bible and start, right. started reading. Right, right. Uh, it was a journey. And um, so it was an introduction um, to God, uh, to, the, to, the, to the gospel. Uh, eventually, I had to go to a church. Uh, the pastor had to explain that uh, uh, salvation message to me, uh, and there was a response. So it, it took a, it, the 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 working of the spirit to, was gradual. So, right, right. Uh, but it was the the hook, I would say. The, so when we when we share or when we hand out God's word, we don't expect uh, people to uh, respond right away, mm. and uh, we don't we don't just give them in the hope of okay, just because I gave that scripture, that person now has accepted the Lord. Right. Of course. But what we course. what we believe is that it could be a hook, it could be a net and an introduction uh, to the gospel. Yeah. And where where can they find it? Um, you know except through the word of God. So so that's what our hope is when we do give scriptures that over a period of time that, and we are praying that they will read a portion of scripture, something will open up. And yeah. and for me, that was, I can't ex- exactly say what the worst was uh, yeah. that opened my eyes, but it was, it was that, you know, continuous reading. And obviously it was the Holy Spirit causing me to open up the pages i mean i didn't have the the power in me so it was obviously right. god was at work in me yes, yeah. and you know wanted me to keep going back to the word and so uh, it was just that one word that that mm. just opened up and yeah. i said okay it, it does make sense yeah. it does make sense and then and then again it's just uh the other uh, working of, of pastors involving in my yeah. life and then people coming alongside me getting uh, connected to a small group, doing Bible studies and prayer, all played a part in yeah. in changing my life. So that's yeah. so good. And as you say that, like you, you use the analogy, which is a true one of giving the word of God, and it's like a seed. Uh, and you took that, and it was planted inside of you. But the fruit from that seed actually growing into a plant, the fruit of that wasn't realized until later. And that person who probably gave you the the Bible in the first place probably never saw maybe that fruit. Uh, of your life later on. And uh, I just think that's important for us to know that we all play a part in someone else's sal- salvation through the Holy Spirit, obviously, at different periods of their, you know, maturity. Um, so for for that person that gave you the Bible, for instance, they didn't get to see you now. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you have. I don't know if you've met the person uh, today, but I'm sure they'd be really pumped if they if they heard that yeah, you're now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, Unfortunately, uh, I, I I haven't yet met. Right. I don't even know how he looks, but you know yeah. what? <laughs> uh, one day uh, everything will yeah. uh, make sense. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's that's just really really cool. I love that. Um, so, John, you know, obviously you work with Gideons, you work a lot with evangelism, sharing God's word, giving people platforms to do that. So the question I have then is, what what does evangelism look like in our Western 21st century lives? I mean, you live in near Toronto, big urban city, multicultural, you know, uh, I live near Vancouver, same thing, big, multicultural yeah. Uh, you know, so anyways, what does that look like? Why don't we see maybe classic sure. evangelism as yeah. much anymore? And what, what does it look like? Yeah, I mean, the French novelist once said, uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky once said, if God is dead, anything is permissible. Hmm. And uh, and today we are living in a, a culture that 
actually conveys and acts and lives like God is dead. Wow. And uh, and that is actually, a lot of this actually has contributed to the fact that uh, today believers are not bold in sharing their faith with others. And um, so, um, so if less and less is happening about us sharing, uh, the more uh, this code becomes a reality in mm. our lives. So today, what I find is there is a misconception when it comes to evangelism, especially uh, what we think about evangelism. Um, you know, Jesus, uh, before he ascends to, uh, he gathers the disciples and uh, he spends time with them for 40 days. And and before he leaves, one of the things he says is that, you know, you should tarry in Jerusalem but until you endure with the power of the Holy Spirit. Then what happens afterwards is that you will become uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and outermost part of the world. Yeah. Uh, I think um, that's the one thing that we have forgotten. We think, you know, Holy Spirit coming into your life, and it's just, you know, we, we attend a church service or we attend a concert or a conference. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming upon in, or re- us receiving the Holy Spirit, and if we have accepted Christ, yeah. then we have the Holy Spirit. His purpose is to transform us to become a witness, wow. and and um, so uh, that's what's uh, missing. And again, most of the times I find it's because of uh, uh, the misconception that we have when we hear the word evangelism or evangelist. Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to our mind is uh, Billy Graham or yeah. um, <laughs> men who have a big platform. And I mean, watching Billy Graham, it intimidates me. It, it, it makes me feel like, man, I could never do right, that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I could never speak to thousands of people like that. Uh, and then we feel like, okay, this is maybe some for it, the elite, who those who are called for this kind of things. And then we kind of put evangelism in the, in the back burner and kind of yeah. say, okay, it's for the for the elite. Uh, so there's that misconception. And okay. I think more and more people are buying into that. And until um, and so, uh, evangelism becomes less and less attractive, and obviously we live in a culture where, especially as Canadians, we feel we want to be polite. We don't want to, um, you know, confront certain issues. Uh, right. Political correctness takes place. Um, so all these things plays a factor uh, in uh, giving giving uh, people a kind of a, a misguided uh, version of evangelism. Right. So personally, I think uh, what will change that is is once again. Uh, um, you know, encouraging people what evangelism is, and, uh, and there are so many people who are doing that. So, yeah, that's good. And I think you know your your um, emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, not not always when we're talking about evangelism. We you know we talk about how how we can say the gospel well. It's all about understanding the gospel so you can give it to someone. We talk about relational evangelism, but not a lot is actually talked about the Holy Spirit's role and. You know, you're exactly right. Acts 1.8, what you just said, we are given the Holy Spirit so that we may be witnesses uh, of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, of his good news into the world. Um, And in that sense, you are changed. Like, I I just think of, I love thinking of Peter, (laughs) who during, you know, when Jesus was on earth, you know, right before Jesus died, he's going to the court and all that kind of stuff. You see Peter's just fear of man completely like he's denying that he even knows Jesus at all and then you know the Holy Spirit comes to Pentecost Acts 2 he's now sort of like the main guy in front of 120 disciples and then him and John are like walking around totally like healing people in Jesus name there's this boldness that comes after Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit 
And I think we need to emphasize that when it comes to evangelism, that it's not in our own strength. It's not in our eloquence of being able to speak the gospel to someone. It's, it's understand the Holy, this is the Holy Spirit's work uh, yeah. through me. And I, I, so I, I'm glad you say that because that, that's such a good emphasis to bring on. Yeah, sure. and and you see that over and over in, in the Book of Acts. I mean, here Peter and uh, these uh, disciples get taken into the uh, among the f- uh, Pharisees, and they they actually you know beat them, right. and they come back, and uh, one of the things they pray is that God give us boldness, yeah, uh, that we could continue to speak about, and they were actually rejoicing. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the things they were asking is, is give us boldness. And I think that's what, you know, today we need to ask the Holy Spirit, give us boldness. Let yeah. us not fear men. Yeah. Let us not be intimidated by, you know, what they would think or, or, or what they would say to us, but just give us that boldness that we could speak. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times, I mean, there are times I have said things, man, uh, naturally I, I would have not said it. I mean, and it's right. just that Holy Spirit just sometimes takes hold of your, yeah. your, your mouth and becomes that mouthpiece. And uh, so it's such an, uh, uh, I mean, even the book of Acts is one point it was said that it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And there's a reason why it's yeah. called book of Acts because men acted. Yeah. And, and, and today, you know, Holy Spirit is still acting in behalf of heaven. And all we have to do is just uh, come alongside him and say, God, here we are, right. uh, use us. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, um, I think today more people are open to the gospel. I think mm. people are asking, um, you know, they're not, they don't just don't want us to just declare it. They just want us to define it. Cool. Uh, and we need to define, um, um, the gospel to them and, yeah. and then we need to defend it. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I feel like John, this is kind of going off track a little bit, but I kind of feel like it, as you say this, like my heart, like I'm just resonating with it. Um, but I kind of feel like myself included and my peers today, like the 20s, 30-somethings, uh, and use well, all that, I kind of almost feel like this, we won't be encouraged to do this until we ourselves in our own hearts are uh, constantly being empowered and remembering the gospel ourselves. We can just get so caught up in just the Christian culture of our day, uh, the comfortable living that, you know, when we're told to go and evangelize, um, I don't even know if we're going to be motivated because we're not even like, why would we want to tell something about the gospel that maybe we're not taking advantage of every single day and relying on? Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I always say we we all, every one of us are an evangelist today. Uh, even uh, secular corporate uh, uh, businesses use the word evangelist. Hmm. Why? The, the word evangelist, evangelism or evangelist is the good news. It's evangelion. We get the word good news. Uh, so we're here to announce the good news. And today everybody's announcing something. Right. Uh, whether true. you're going to, if you go to a nice restaurant and you have this wonderful meal, one of the first thing you do, you announce it. You announce it to your friends. You announce it to your people. You, we've announced it in our social media. Hey man, check out this great restaurant here. Right. We're all announcing and I, you're right. And today, one of the reasons why we're not announcing is because we're not being enjoying uh, oh. the presence and, and, and God's word for ourselves. Yeah. We, we haven't really tasted the love. And the Bible says, you know, come and taste the Lord. He is good. Yeah. And we have not really enjoyed His goodness mm. through His word, through His fellowship, uh, through prayer. We have not enjoyed it. So therefore, what happens is that 
there's there's no motivation to share. So one of the things that I tell people before you could actually tell someone about the good news, have you experienced Jesus and his good news for yourself? Wow. Because yeah. every day I wake up, I need to hear the gospel over again. Yes, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like I heard the gospel like 10 years ago. No, the gospel is even right now, this second, I need to hear the gospel yeah. because it is what transforms it. It is what gives me joy. It is what gives me pleasure. It what gives me motivation. And I think right. that's what the early church had. They had that constant awareness of that they were with Jesus, yeah. what Jesus taught, and uh, and when we could give, when when people have that, when people encounter that, I think we will see more and more people going out yeah. and and sharing uh, boldly their yeah. faith. Yeah. So, John, what does it look like? You, you you briefly said, you know, every single morning I need to get up and enjoy the gospel uh, for myself. What does it look like to, you, you could say, evangelize to yourself? Um, yeah. Because if people are missing that key, like treasuring the gospel, treasuring Jesus, enjoying the gospel, what does it look like to evangelize to yourself? Well, for me personally, uh, to be evangelized or to evangelize? To ev- evangelize to yourself, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, for personally with, with sermons, I, I think, uh, you know, there are times when I'm always driving, I'm always listening to uh, Pastor John. Uh, he always <laughs> has some amazing illustration and he simplifies yeah. uh, the word. I, you know, when I say pastor, he's Dr. John, he felt. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I, just those messages hearing sermons and and and, and you know just even spending time in prayer just mm. speaking to the, having that quiet time and there are times i would just um just have everything shut off and i will just go through this book of psalms and i think right. uh, we can relate so much um deeper uh, through the book of psalms and um just reading it to us and then and then make it personal i yeah. think uh what what today we, when i personally read something or when i hear something uh example even when i hear a sermon uh, one of the first things that i want to do is i want to go and share that with someone mm. you know and why not before you share it, why not really take it for yourself? We're always thinking about how this message could benefit someone else yeah. or, or this book could benefit someone or this portion of scripture or this yeah. this quote that I read, it's going to benefit someone. No, is it really benefiting you? Are That's you so being good. impacted so by good. that? By it? So I, those are things that is actually helps me to be evangelized yeah. uh, and therefore that I could take it to others and, and share that goodness yeah. with others. That's good. So, okay. So in addition to that, then, John, as we, as we finish up, what are yeah. some other practices and disciplines that, that we as Christians, you know, we can grow in our evangelistic zeal? What are some other things that we can, we, other things that we can do? Yeah. First of all, um, I would say, um, prayer prayers it's it's such an important uh yeah. factor in our in our day-to-day life and i think you know today we have lost the art of prayer hmm. um and second thing is um also um you know the word of god you know just having um you know personal conversation with god through his word hmm. uh you know let him speak to you let god speak to you uh this is a time where you sit down and let god's word speak to us and um Thirdly is um, find someone who is actually passionate. One of the things that really changed me, I had a very rough uh, teenage life, Mm. uh, but one of the things that really changed me, uh, and today I say that to a lot of times when I, when people ask me, how did you, you know, make this radical change is is when I changed my 
uh, surrounding, the people that mm. I hung around with. Right. So you find people who are zealous for God, who are has a zeal for God, hang around with them. Hear yeah, people. That's good. Connect to ministries that is actually doing, like in doubt, like who are challenging people. Right. Connect and, and, and fellowship. And having that once again will create a zeal for for the world yeah. and um and what happens is that we are taken away from that most of the times and we we are brought into a place very secular and then it, it's all it's all what we hear it's yeah. all what we've been you know everybody's trying to get our attention and and the more we uh you know surround ourselves in the wrong environment we will be shaped by it yeah. and so it's very important that's why you know romans is very clear you know let you know be not conformed to this world but be yeah. transformed but renewing our mind but to the word of god and the yeah. only way that we can be renewed and have a renewed perspective on on culture and society and on, on even on, on church is when we are renewed by the word of god so mm. those three things that will really have helped me and um and you know something that i do and practice as well. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you give those three prayer, uh, you know, reading the word, obviously listening to God and then surrounding yourself because, you know, you're not saying you have some new, you know, ultra spiritual way. No, uh, absolutely. These are just like, this is just basic. Yeah, the basic. And that's right. That's good. Uh, so that's a good answer. When you say that, I'm just like, ah, right. That's perfect. Dead on. That's great. Um, and also like, uh, you know, it, you know, I, like I was praying beforehand uh, to our listeners, like it's just a privilege that both John and I get to work in a ministry that, you know, be able to, um, you know, encourage others uh, about the Word of God and evangelism. Um, so, you know, John, what can, what does Gideon's offer, I guess, uh, when it comes to um, people uh, wanting to get involved with evangelism and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we actually have a, an app called New Life App. Um, basically, you could download it uh, from any uh, app store. Okay. And uh, it's basically the idea behind it is to, to, uh, encourage and inform people some of the toughest and difficult questions that people tend to ask. Uh, we use it as a more of a, a kind of a conversational style. Okay. Uh, we encourage people to download it uh, uh, on their smartphone, have their friend, uh, a skeptic download it, and start with the basic. Does God mm. exist? Right. And go over them. And uh, we think that, you know, some if we, if we could actually, again, define things for people and, right. and, and just before we could get to the to the to the gospel, we could just I mean, today before we could even introduce Jesus, we have to introduce God. Yeah, that's uh, good. <laughs> because, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a nice, some ways that we are encouraging people on evangelism, okay. and of course, our basic our our uh, our scriptures is something that we use. Um, God's word, um, you know, as a tool to yeah. to get people connected. And uh, you can download uh, the New Life app at www.newlifeapp.ca. Awesome. Okay. And to our listeners, I'll have all the links to Gideon's and the New Life app and all that on the uh, episode uh, show page as well. So that will all be there. But uh, John, it's been such a pleasure to be able to talk to you again. Um, yeah. I'm glad we met up a little while ago and said we need to have a conversation about evangelism 21st century in the West. So I'm glad we got to do that. And I, I hope and pray uh, that, yeah, people are impacted. I am. And uh, I'm looking forward to now uh, just receiving from the Holy Spirit the boldness and um, telling people about Jesus and the gospel. So thank you so much, John, for, for uh, coming on. I hope you uh, I hope I talk to you soon. Yeah, pleasure, Isaac. Thanks for having me on, on, on the show today.
Anyways, like I said in the conversation, if any of those resources that John mentioned interests you, and that's like the app or whatever, I'm going to be putting all the links for those things on the episode page. Well, this wraps up the In Doubt Show. If you're a listener and have enjoyed this show and our ministry and resonate with our mission, then consider donating. You know, we're a nonprofit, so we rely on the financial donations of people uh, like you. So just click the donate button by heading to indoubt.ca if you live in Canada or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Connect with us throughout the week on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if there's a topic you're eager to dive into or a speaker you'd like to hear from, let us know. You can message us on any social media platform or email us at info at indout.ca. Again, a special thank you for our radio listeners. If that's you, tell us that you're listening. We'd love to know. Well, I'm Isaac, and next week we hear from International Justice Mission Rep Mark Wallenberg on justice, the church, and cybersex trafficking. We'll see you then. Indoubt Ministries exist to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indoubt.ca if you live in Canada and indoubt.com if you live in the U.S.